one of the benefits of my job is I get to look at the land, the technology landscape out there and try to keep up to date as best as I can of what's happening with developments in the software, hardware, sensor world. And one thing I've tried to keep an eye on, but I haven't done a very good job at is online condition monitoring of lubrication, specifically oil. Right? We probably all know, we probably all have done it in the past around using labs to um, determine the condition and health of our oil. But as we're starting to see other technologies become more available, is online oil lubrication starting to catch up with labs? Can we use this effectively? And that's why Guillermo is presenting at this year's Lubrication and Reliability um, Summit, all about adding value strategies for digitalized lubrication, where this fits in into your, your smart monitoring, your industry, industry 4.0 platform. If you have or want to know about online lubricant monitoring, how it's being applied, where to apply it, what are some of the considerations, this is definitely a podcast that will give you some information, but I'd also encourage you to register for the event and listen to Guillermo's full presentation. And of course, have an opportunity to talk with him directly. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Guillermo, welcome to the Maintenance Disrupted Podcast. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you very much, Blair. Thanks Great. for thanks for inviting me. My pleasure. And, and just... Um, just having a quick discussion before we started recording. I'm very excited about uh, our conversation today. So today we have you on the show uh, as a um, speaker podcast as part of the Lubrication and Reliability Virtual Summit taking place in September. And just as a side note, there still is, as a time of recording this, there is still a chance to get an early bird registration for $79. So for our listeners, please go to maintenancedisrupted.com. On the front page, you will find a link to the event. All the information is there. And we do appreciate you because if you do register through our link, it helps support our platform. So Guillermo, you're going to talk uh, at the upcoming um, virtual summit about um, adding value strategies for digitalized lubrication, all about Industry 4.0 and where online lubrication monitoring fits in. So before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about your company at 10 to and some background on yourself? Yeah, thanks. Uh, yes, uh, we will talk about online lubricant uh, monitoring because we are experts in that. We are a company that for more than 20 years has been developing solutions for monitoring lubricants. We are a company based in Spain, but we have a worldwide distributor uh, network and uh, our, uh, we are developers of technology. So we are we, we get products into the market that helps to digitalize the lubrication. So get information in real time about the lubricant and the equipment via, for example, uh, wear processes, degradation mechanisms, and so on. So we try to get to the industry 4.0 in the lubricant industry, yes. Great, excellent. And it's it's very interesting to see this type of technology because when we're, we're looking at technology, uh, you know, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but a lot of people are focusing, you know, on if you look at that P to F curve, uh, detecting that failure, where, whereas lubrication, we all know, contributes to so many issues we have in our mm -hmm. facilities. And it's really on the proactive side of, of 
you know, monitoring that lubrication before we start to see failures that will pick up with other technologies. And me being a, a technology geek, I love looking at this technology. And this is one that I've had my my eye or finger on for a while. And there's only a handful of companies that are doing this. And it's great to see your company being doing this for such a long time and investing in this technology to make it more um, accessible for mm-hmm. for for facilities around the world. That's great. So um, what about yourself? Guillermo, what's your yes. background? I'm I'm in I'm let's let's say mechanical engineer <laughs> because yep. it's a worldwide recognized uh, That's right. degree. Uh, here it's called industrial engineer, but let's say mechanical. And then I did an MSc and a PhD in in lubrication for internal combustion engines in Valencia, my let's say my hometown in Spain. So I I researched a lot about uh, on oil degradation and oil, oil oil wear in internal combustion engines. And then uh, due to some of the projects I did during my research, I, I started into the sensors world, let's say online monitoring uh, sensors. And then I met Atentu and I, it was like a, you know, like a Cupido shot. <laughs> we, we fell in love each other. And that it has been four years that I'm working uh, with Atentu right now as an applications engineer. So my role is basically to... Uh, Develop projects with the customers, follow their their the customer request and so on, and then uh, analyze the data and create added value. That's why we have a, such a database of of added value strategies that we can provide to our customers. Excellent, and it's it's good to hear just your 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 formal education all the way up to the PhD level combined with your real life experience. This is this is going to be a fantastic. Uh, presentation you're going to do at the upcoming virtual summit. And your topic is called added value strategies for digitalized lubrication. So mm-hmm. could you walk us through a little bit about what you're going to be talking about during that presentation? Yes. Uh, as you have mentioned before, Industry 4.0, it's a, it's a trend in the industry. You know? It's a common topic in all events, in all conferences, in all companies. But sometimes uh, lubrication can get uh, out of the industry 4.0 because Mm -hmm. the current situation with lubrication or lubricant condition monitoring, let's call it this way, it's used with uh, lab analysis, no? That the lab analysis is is performed periodically at offline. uh, Using the sample to a lab, you receive a PDF. So we we are kind of a complementary technology or we are able to provide these Industry 4.0 features to the lubricated assets. What we do, we get the the machine 24-7 monitored by sensors. There are different types of sensor technologies, so humidity sensors, degradation sensors, contamination sensors, that are able to give you some clues about what's happening with the lubricant and with the asset. So we are moving, or, or our, and that's something I will I will talk about in the in the presentation. It's we are moving from directly fluid monitoring, so measuring parameters on the fluid, to asset monitoring. So we are using the fluid as in, as 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 a tool to extract information. From from the equipment, no, where processes, uh, degradation situations, operational conditions that are uh, that are uh, really harsh for the equipment, no. So we are just moving from a three months analysis where you see the cumul- the, the accumulated 
situations that you have seen in your equipment to a real-time visualization of some of the events. Excellent. Excellent. Great way of putting it. And the way I, the way I see it is, is, you know, it's the same things happening in, in, you know, the health morning world where we're wearing smart watches and it's, it's measuring our mm -hmm. heart rate and all that kind of stuff. 24 seven. Instead, we used to go to the doctor and maybe get it done once a year or whatever it was. Now we're taking more um, real time readings, but now you're combining that with the operational information of that asset in particular we're talking about you know power generation units hydraulic system gearboxes mm -hmm. air compressors and you're taking that fluid information that you're talking about um, and insights and combining it with the operational data right this and is really this is really a new field and since I, I come from the academia I was I was always hoping to have this kind of data because we have seen things that the academia says, and we have seen them in real life. So for example, when you start a machine, you will see a peak of wear due to the lack of lubrication in the gearbox. Or when you see a change in temperature in the lubricant or a change in temperature in the equipment, you see a different wear performance due to the, the let's say, the lubricated film due to the temperature. So due to the viscosity, no? So all of these wear situations that we were guessing now we are able to see them in real time, but this is not the this is not a point of academia. No, it's it's uh, to get, uh, and this is why we talk about added value strategies. So we try to get this information uh, useful for the customer. So we are able, for example, to create KPIs based on events. So, for example, imagine that you have an equipment that can have different failure or different unplanned events, such. For example, a, a gearbox for a wind turbine that can stop due, due to low wind, can stop due to high wind, can stop due to maintenance. So each of the different, uh, let's say, transient situations have a different impact on where and they can be visualized in real time, for example. Excellent. Now, you, you mentioned two, um, I'll call it failure mechanisms, and I might be saying that inappropriately, but there's the degradation and the particle counts. So two different two different measurements. Mm -hmm. Help me yes. understand from a layman's term, what's the what's the difference between the two? Because I would expect as degradation happens, you'd have particles, but there is there is a difference. And clearly in 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 Attentu's products, there's there's two products, there's oil wear and oil health. Could could you mm -hmm. walk me through what the difference of those and what some of the considerations might be for bringing these types of sensors into your industry for auto strategy? Yes, yes, yes. Uh Typically, degradation, uh, degradation sensors are applied for type of equipment that has issues with fluid, especially, no? for example, accelerated degradation, contamination with other uh, fluids or water. So degradation is mainly focused on fluid conditions. This was our original technology. It was the first product that, come, that came into the market, but uh, then... Uh, our optical technology evolved into a particle counting plus degradation technology. Why we do particle counting? Because uh, particle counting gives you a lot of information about contamination and wear. Another important point of online technology is that can be installed in uh, areas of the equipment where typically you do not you do not take a sample. For example, bearing returns, a gearbox. Uh, um, gearbox uh, filtering uh, sections, EX zones. So a uh, sensor can provide you information of different sub 
uh, equipment, so, sorry, sub, uh, sub, sub parts of your complete equipment. For example, in gas turbines, you can monitor each bearing differently. So you can get information of the equipment, not the fluid. And oh. then with particles, we are able to detect, as I said, where processes, we have kind of an analytical ferrography tool uh, embedded in the sensor that provides you information about the wear modes, so failure modes of the possible failure modes of the of the bearing or, or the gearbox. So this is the difference. No, when you are monitoring the fluid, you can use degradation. And when you are thinking about monitoring the asset completely, we consider it's better to have this combined approach of oil degradation plus uh, particle counting. Great. Thank you. That that makes a lot of sense. And it's nice to see that evolution of technology keep on getting better and better. Um, mm -hmm. So a big part of Industry 4.0 and where a lot of companies are struggling right now is, you know, all these what I call random acts of digitalization of, of you know, this sensor is connected to this, which is connected to this, and it's a silo. Mm -hmm. um, how do you address, like, where does this fit into an industry 4.0 strategy? How do you get these insights out of these sensors, out of your systems, whether it's degradation or particle counts or both? Um, where does that information go? How do people actually integrate this into a larger industry 4.0 strategy? Mm -hmm. This is a very good question, Blair. You, you are, you are in the, you are in the, let's say, you are in the in the sauce that we say yeah. in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is typically uh, an an issue that we face with different projects. Uh, our our let's call it our receipt or our 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 goal or our idea is to be as flexible as possible. So we provide a complete suite of uh, integration of 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 our sensors into the customer added value strategy we can provide uh, our own platforms we have on cloud platforms on premise software or we can let the customer integrate this into their current infrastructure this is something very interesting that you have mentioned because uh, sometimes data strategy is lacking infrastructure data infrastructure strategy <laughs> So everybody wants to have a very beautiful Power BI in the cloud, but has no PLC on the field to gather the data or to integrate. So it's important uh, that the customer understands the whole, let's say, the whole chain of data so they can, in the end, have this uh, use, useful information. Exactly. And that's great to see. Uh, you know, those integration or what's, uh, you know, in the industry called interoperability built into mm -hmm. it, right? So, uh, you know, I'm a big believer that the world doesn't need any more platforms, even though I've been proven wrong many times. Um, but <laughs> being able to leverage the existing infrastructure or if they don't have it in place to to be able to lever on premises or in cloud is, is, mm -hmm. is great. And that's truly what's going to, you know, make and that. Another point I would like to add, no, it's that uh, it's not just getting the right data. It's just also knowing what to do with it. So typically what we perform with our, or what we do with our customers, it's to create a relationship to understand the data. Because sometimes uh, the, this, this, as I said, this data stream is new because we have uh, had online vibrations for more than 20 to 30 years. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows what, how to understand online vibrations. But online lubricant monitoring is new. So we are also helping our customers to understand the data that they are gathering. So uh, you know 
real right. real life and lab is different so you can have values that are changing from one moment to another you can have influences on on the fluid condition or sorry on the flow that it's getting into the sensor so you need to understand all of that to extract the correct output from the sensor so this is the combination of flexibility plus uh, some alignment together with with the customer to understand better the data excellent now from a strategy point of of implementing this type of um, lubricant condition monitoring mm-hmm. um, you know in your abstract it talks about you know, critical equipment, power generation units, hydraulic systems, gearboxes, air compressors. What considerations are, are obviously in, in, in an ideal world, would put, we'd put sensors on everything and be able to monitor everything from the, the lowest critical priority asset mm-hmm. to the highest. Um, what are some of the considerations you look at from a strategy point of view, from a lubrication condition monitoring point of view, of where, what types of assets that you would put these um, this system on? Uh, this is really uh, industry-dependent uh, question. For example, uh, you can have a gearbox in a mining equipment that it's, for example, a PTO. It's a PTO, a power takeoff. It's very critical, so you can monitor that. But in another equipment, uh, the hydraulic system of the pump that it's uh, using the crane, it's mm-hmm. also critical. So this depends mostly on the industry and then on the customer experience. Sometimes our customers uses the technology as a additional predictive maintenance tool. But the we have then some OEMs as a customers that they they are getting the sensors as as I said, no, as a strategy to add value to their customers. So this depends on the on the industry and the equipment. So I cannot give a, a right. correct answer. We have monitored from vacuum pumps, for air compressors in the automotive industry, gearboxes in probably all sectors. Uh, power generation units, we have been monitoring especially bearings, but we, for example, had a, an issue with a starting unit. No, For example, this is a typical uh, subsystem that it's not uh, taken into account, no? the starting unit for a gas turbine, but you can also monitor this and sometimes the, reliab- the reliability of these units, it's compromised or it's unknown because it's used very, very low. No, it's The, the usage ratio right. is very low. So... You know, you have to have a mix of criticality, uh, usability, and then you can get this uh, suitability uh, of using sensors in your industry or in your company. I, I appreciate that, Guillermo, because what I'm seeing is a lot of people, and and this could be from vendors, solution providers as well, is looking for mm-hmm. a recipe. So this is, you put two parts to this, one part of this, and you have a great system, which is really what you're offering is a framework. It really depends on the industry, the people, the processes, everything in place to determine what is mm-hmm. the, the best fit for that. Now I have one question, one last question for you, and you can decide how how in depth you want to go um, okay. <laughs> to answer this question. So, you know, you, you made the statement and, and you know, in, Industry 4.0 is an IoT, all those type of, I'll call them buzzwords, but they, they do mean something, yes. um, is... Yes. Right is is we're, we're, we're trying to generate more data, take more insights from that data, and you made a comment early on about you know typically the the typical approach to um, 
lubrication condition monitoring has been lab results. So take it periodically, whether it's, you know, some critical assets might be monthly, might be, you know, biannually. There's different strategies on how to take those lab results. And you mentioned it comes back as a PDF. We started to see about 10 years ago, those PDFs started to go to the cloud. A lot of vendors mm-hmm. started providing so you could start to trend it, but it's still periodic readings. Where are we at with the sensor technology with repeatability, accuracy versus the online sensors? Are, are we getting close? Have we met it? Are we surpassed mm-hmm. it with that type of technology? Or do you still have lab results paired in as a strategy with these sensors? Okay, this this is the this is a good question. And we always, probably this is not the, and I will be very sincere here, this is not the answer that the people is expecting because at the moment with the current sensor technology, we are not able to get rid of the lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are not uh, eliminating the lab or we are not trying to eliminate the lab, but being a complementary tool. I will do first an analogy and then uh, I will explain in detail, okay? So imagine that you want to protect your house, okay? You have a fence, you want to protect your house. So uh, we are using two, you can use two tools. You can use a very detailed, very high resolution camera then you can catch the face of the thief very detailed, so the police will catch him for sure. And then you have a very low resolution camera that you can just see if something is moving into your house, no? It's jumping over the fence. So sensors will be the camera and lab will be the, the picture. So taking pictures every theme, every three months when you are seeing uh, just that, this, that the information that you are gathering from the fluid is okay, probably it's not adding very much to, an ad, to a digitalization strategy. But when you have the camera that it's pointing out and say, okay, I have seen something wrong. Uh, there is somebody, somebody has jumped the fence. Then you can use the samples to get added information about this event. Especially uh, for unplanned events, such as uh, um, uh, trips in gas turbines, uh, especially random, random equipment, such as wind turbine gearbox, sensors are always there. So you will see always things. Uh, you will see always data coming out. So sensors can help you to be like uh, continuously monitoring with, I, I will, I'm, I'm, an, I'm making the analogy of resolution of the camera with uh, lab parameters. Usually mm-hmm. a typical lab, uh, lab report can have 30, 40, 50 parameters difference that, that, that they can give you a lot of information. Sensors are notable, not in terms of accuracy and not in terms of repeatability, and, and not in terms of quantity of data to give the same information as the lab is, is giving. But for sure, the, the sensor can help you to optimize the lab samples that you are using and also to extract information. For example, uh, because sometimes the where processes, you don't know where, when, when are they going to happen. So we see immediately when the where process has started because we see a change in the trend, very, very, very clear. But then it can last three to six, three to six months that you that you do the change or that sorry that you measure with a sample. So this time probably you are moving from a very little repair cost to a higher repair cost. So this is uh, something uh, that sensors can offer. And additionally, sensors are offering this correlation between operational conditions and sensor data. 
So you can, if you have different uh, operational conditions, you can match them with sensor data. So even if the machine is operating, you are able to see how normal is the, the wear process going in your equipment. So it's more about uh, normality models just than trending uh, values from the sample. Excellent. I, I appreciate the the honesty and the analogy there. Um, and I think the, the takeaway for me in particular is you're not replacing the lab. You're there to optimize it because we all know to, to, to use a lab, which is, gives you great results, though it still requires manual intervention of going take a sample, um, mm -hmm. sending it out, or if you're lucky enough or, or fortunate enough to have a lab in-house to do it in-house, but it still takes a lot of work. So that optimization. Yes, and and there, are, there are some error sources also when you are sampling. Right. Sensor is always there. So sensor is always sampling from the same point. Repeatability. Yes, yes, but you can then have the. I remember when I was in the in my research in my PhD. I remember I received a beautiful bunch of four samples from four different <laughs> engines, and I measured them. They were they were all the same because the guy he didn't move from one engine to another. He just filled the four bottles right. and sent them to me. So these issues happen sometimes, and you send bottles, uh, water bottles for measuring water content. So you know there are some issues that can be avoided with the use of sensors because you're monitoring the same fluid in the same conditions uh, and without any uh, human intervention. So this, there are also there are also other beneficial points with online Absolutely. technology. And then, of course, when you tie that with the operational data, you can see the how the operational data um, starts to affect those results. Mm -hmm. um, so that's great. Um, so I, th I think this is a, a great, you know, the, the Lubrication and Reliability Virtual Summit is... Um, you know, it, it, it's around the future of lubrication and reliability. I think this is a great topic to, to be in this agenda. Um, and uh, just, just for our listeners, you want to hear more about this, um, about where lubrication, online lubrication condition monitoring fits in with your lubrication strategy and your industry 4.0 strategy, make sure to attend Guillermo's presentation. The Lubrication Reliability Virtual Summit is taking place on September 14th and 15th. There is a number of events. I'm sure, Guillermo, you're going to be a part of leading up to this uh, event of, of some meet the speakers and, and some other sessions happening before the actual event. And just mm -hmm. a reminder, there is still early bird tickets happening until, I believe, July 16th for $79. For $79, you can listen to Mar Guillermo and what he has to say. And also many, many other speakers. I think there's going to be over 50 speakers by the time we get done through all these abstracts and everything like that. So please go to maintenancedisrupted.com. Um, look on the front page for the link and register there. Thank you, Guillermo, for your time. This is going to be an excellent presentation. Thank you, Blea, for inviting me. I'm very happy to be in the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye. You too. Bye. Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of Maintenance Disrupted. This is your host Blair Fraser speaking and this week's podcast is in partnership with the Lubrication and Reliability Virtual Summit taking place on September 14th and 15th. And just a friendly reminder, there is still early bird discounts for $79 taking place for a few more days, I invite you to go to maintenancedisrupted.com. Right on that homepage, you will see a link to the event. And if you do register, just a reminder to use that link. So on this week's podcast, I have Guillermo Miro 
from Attend To on this podcast to talk about his topic during this event, which is added value strategies for digitized lubrication. 